everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What the Fuck? Where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage. People don't come to church anymore. I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swakowski. What's up, Pastor Joel? Working hard. Working hard. <laughs> Better than hardly working. <laughs> yeah. Well, funny you should talk about working hard. Yeah. But I think that you may have strategically introduced today's yeah. topic, which that is... That is funny. <laughs> <laughs> laborers. Laborers. Nice. Now, I noticed that you didn't spell it the Canadian way of B-O-U-R. Uh, there's a whole thing here. There's I, a whole thing. I Googled <laughs> what's the right spelling for laborers, and it really is either way you want. So e- Okay. I went the more modern without the u there you go so. well that's fun Say, uh, this... i'll commentate on anything we better keep moving <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's go okay great well why don't you give us some uh background on this topic pastor joel introduce the topic of laborers to us all right so let's just start with matthew chapter 9 verses 37 and 38 then he jesus said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers Mm -hmm. are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. All right, pretty big deal here. Jesus tells us there is a need for laborers. Nice. Even telling us we ought to pray for laborers. Mm. So generally speaking, the history, the background of this topic, the church has taken this verse about labors, about the harvest, and this request from Jesus to pray for laborers and applied it to witnessing, focusing on getting people saved. So we're completely missing the point here in what laborers do for the church. So that's the background here is there are laborers Mm -hmm. this role or job is in need the church tends to lump this with witnessing laborers are not people who witness they are a specific role within the church we all ought to have the ability to be laborers and uh as we continue on in this episode you'll see why we need it and how it works. Cool. Yes, this this definitely sounds like an important topic if Jesus is uh saying that we should pray for these people. Right. <laughs> ask ask the Lord for yeah. these people. Holy uh-huh. moly. Okay. So why are we talking about this topic, Pastor Joel? I mean, I'm I'm certain to see that this is a this is a pretty important thing if Jesus is asking for it, but how have people been hurt by this topic? Well, due to the fact that the church tends to not know what a laborer is, Mm -hmm. the benefit that laborers bring to the church is missing. So let's see this. So verses, the verses that come before the ones I just read show us what the issue is in the church 
and really with humanity in general. This is, wait, 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 hang on one sec. You're saying that what you're, what you're going to read explains the issue in the church and with humans in general. Yeah. Okay. So this is a pretty, this is real important. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So we're getting into some good stuff here. Okay. Go for it. Matthew nine verses 35 and 36 set up the verses I just read about. We need heart. We need laborers, right? Got it. 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Wow. Awesome. Sounds like he was a good evangelist, right? And healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Verse 36. But when he saw the multitudes... He was moved with compassion for them because they were distressed and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. So first, let's get this out of the way. These are believers. These are people following Christ. They're like sheep having no shepherd, meaning they are sheep. They should have a shepherd like believers, right? Nice. Plus, I actually heard a pastor, Pastor Brett Fox actually taught me this. The harvest, the, the harvest is, is plentiful. If it was unbelievers, it wouldn't be in a, in a harvest. And if it was in unbelievers, it would be a seed, right? Oh. Yeah. So these nice. seeds have already been planted, have already died, have already been watered, have already increased, and are already bearing fruit. Wow. Great, isn't it? Yeah. Right. So these are believers. So this isn't evangelism that. or there this evangelism could be part of it, but this isn't witnessing. This isn't getting people saved. So we think the solution is to get people saved, but it's not the issue. Hmm. So these people who are saved were still distressed and scattered mm-hmm. after the physical hearing, healing they experienced from Christ and after salvation. That's amazing because I, I mean, if every sickness, right, and every disease amongst the people around me were gone, uh, I think I would be jacked out of my mind. Right. But Jesus is so he's looking at something so much deeper. Right. Wow. And, and really, simply put, distressed and scattered means that these people were cast down in their thought process. Mm and disunified Hmm. so people here in this example from jesus and people in the church today are cast down in their thought process and disunified and our only solution is to tell them that they need to receive christ as their lord and savior this is how people are being hurt Hmm. because god's will is that we receive a benefit and we know god's will comes through people the church is missing the benefit half, like, and it's our fault. Now, a, another really, another really big implication here. Happiness is a choice. These people are cast down in their thought process. These people are distressed and scattered. It's our responsibility. If we want happiness, it's something we go after. God doesn't unilaterally make us happy. So this is our fault that we're cast down in our thought process, that we're depressed, Mm. unhappy, 
sapped of all our energy and yeah. isolated. Yeah. It's yeah. our fault. Wow. That's amazing. So you can't be happy with a bad thought process. You can't be happy if you're disunified. Right. Not long-term and not yeah. in a healthy happiness. Nice. Okay. This is awesome, man. This is a, this is huge. Yes, it is. This is a, a topic near and dear to the music life church community's heart. Yeah, it is. So what does this conflict or issue look like in the church? On the strict side, we see laborers in the church are only focused on getting people saved. People think they're laborers by just getting people saved. The harvest is full, meaning there's a lot of unbelievers out there. Go get them saved. It's like that is a misapplication of this verse. And once again, the focus on the strict side is a list of behaviors, a list of effects, appearance, right? I look this way. I go and do these things as a cause. Tell people about Jesus. Get people saved go and pray for people. Yeah. Like those are all great things, but that's not labors. And really we're dealing with people who are downtrodden in their thought process and isolated. Mm-hmm. So to make up for the bad thought process people have, we tell people, or we act this way ourselves in the, in the idea of make sure you put a smile on your face before you go to church. How many people in the church parking lot are having to sit there for a minute and kind of put a smile on their face before they get out of their car, before you walk into those front doors, because you got to show that you're doing well. Hey, mm. how are things going? God's good. God's good all the time. Glory be to God. But wow. inside, I'm crumbling. So to make up the strict side, to make up for the bad thought process, does these effects. Smile. Be happy. To make up for the disunity, what do I do? Go to church every week. I'm not disunified. I'm not disunified. I'm here every week. Yep. I go to church every Sunday. I even go to the Bible studies. I'm part of a men's group. Great. You know what? All these people that Jesus healed were together Hmm. physically in the same place, yet they were all disunified. Being around people doesn't mean you're unified. So there's no benefit being shared. Hmm. Again, like we saw in witnessing, like we saw in evangelism, just the avoidance of a punishment by focusing on being like everybody else. You know what? I'll be happy because I see everybody else be happy and then nobody will know I'm not. I'm going to avoid the quote unquote punishment of somebody having to come up to me and be like, Joel, are you doing okay? You seem kind of down. Mm. Oh, I'm great. God is good. God's good all the time. Glory be to God. Hmm. So that's the strict side of this is really trying to make up for the bad thought process by just being happy and trying to make up for the disunity by rationalizing it away by saying, well, I come to church every week. Wow. So how does someone that holds this strict perspective support their belief with the Bible? Well, people would use these Matthew chapter nine verses to support this perspective. This, you know, the Bible says laborers are few and the harvest is plentiful. We need to go out and get people saved. Matthew chapter nine says it. Yet time and time again, we see there's what the Bible says, Mm -hmm. which is really what we all agree on. Mm -hmm. Christians don't, don't disagree on what the Bible says. We should all pray for laborers. Jesus said it. 
that's different than what the Bible means. And this is where Christians disagree. And this is actually the more important of the two. Behind what or why, behind the what the Bible says or the meaning behind it, the meaning is more important. So, nice. you know, it depends on the person's interpretation skills. There's a lot at stake here. But but ultimately, yeah. if I was strict side telling you laborers are witnessing, I would use Matthew chapter nine as my example. But once again, I would just stay away from any discussion that had to do with what does laborers mean? What does the harvest mean? The definition of those right. two words. So leaders use Matthew 9 to support an evangelistic or a witnessing perspective about laborers, yet this is a flawed interpretation. They don't see the verses where people are still in distress Hmm. as something that happened after Jesus healed all of them of all, of every manner of sickness, of every manner of disease. So this distressed and scattered this cast down in their thought process and this disunity happened after those healings. Well, that's just, yeah, that's amazing. And I just, I'm thinking about the day that we live in currently, you know, that the, the time and during the pandemic, apparently this is, and that's what the situation has happened. People are, they have a bad thought process and they're isolated. Yep. Literally. I mean, there's a lot of lockdown where people were being isolated. Yes, there is. And so I don't think this is a new thing. <laughs> it isn't. And it's, in fact, it's not even new for us no. here at What the Flock, because in the depression episode, season two, we briefly covered this. I think it was in the What the Flock and in the Depression Malk podcast, we briefly covered these verses about laborers. So we've even been discussing this. Awesome. So how would you interact with someone who held this strict perspective? Well, I would do kind of what our, our move is here is I would ask them what they mean by behind the words they're using. I would ask them what their definition of a mm-hmm. laborer is. Mm-hmm. Is this the same as a witness? Is this the same as an evangelist? Yep. And here's the real kicker is, well, why were people still distressed and scattered ever after Jesus healed them? of every sickness, of every disease, if this was about salvation? Why are they, you know, so, so how, do, how, does the, how does that jive with witnessing their salvation? These people are distressed and scattered. Wow. So that, that kind of exposes the contradiction there. But ultimately, if I'm trying to understand this person, trying to, trying to help them even just asking them the definition of these terms they're using that would be a great place to start okay so let's i just want to summarize the strict perspective here so i understand you pastor joel the church treats laborers as if it's a person who witnesses about salvation yeah so they emphasize the effects or the results of being happy and come to church. So if you show yourself like you are happy, smile, put on your church face, as a lot of people talk about, and come to church, you are not cast down in your thought process. 
and right. you're not in disunity. You are present. And these are both effects. I ought to yeah. be smiling and coming to church as an effect of something, not to show or prove that I have these things that Jesus says that those people didn't. Right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well then before we hit the loose perspective, let's take a call and wouldn't you know it, pastor Richard Tater is calling. Go ahead, pastor Dick, you are on the line. Oh, yes. Hello, Pastor Joe, Pastor Gallison. This is the Pastor Richard Tater calling from McMillan, Alabama. How y'all doing? Uh, thanks for having me. So uh, I'm not going to say a few things. You know, when people came to the leadership of my church with a problem like addiction or depression, they were told to pray, stop sinning, tithe, read their Bible, come to church, etc., etc. When they were still depressed and scattered, they were told that they didn't want it enough, didn't have enough faith, or it was something God wanted them to have. Oh, well, how do you feel about that now, Pastor Tater? Well, Pastor Jonathan, the leadership of that church is still telling people that. I think they are abusing people, and I wonder if they are even saved. Oh, that is sad. So now that I took restoration, I realize God can instantly restore people physically and spiritually with healing and salvation, praise be to God. However, the only way for people to be restored mentally and emotionally is for laborers to consistently work at this with these people. That is what a restoration program did for me, y'all. It looks like Matthew 9 can be seen as God saying people do need psychologists and counselors. Yeah, great point. Exactly. It's too bad these psychologists and counselors aren't using y'all's restoration program you got from the Bible. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you say that. We have tried to offer it to many of them. Wow, what did you know that? I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, as always, gentlemen, I'm so thankful for both of y'all. Uh, thank you for letting me share. I uh, will hang up now and listen. This was my favorite podcast. Hey, God bless. Wow. Thank you, Pastor Tater, for that call. I, I think it's amazing, Pastor Joel, that uh, Pastor Tater's observation of the restoration program and how it helped him, him stop being distressed and scattered, which is exactly what we're talking about. Yep. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's smart. He has a, he has a very clearer insight into what we're trying to do with this restoration process and really why i said earlier this is a topic that's near and dear to the music life church community's heart because yeah. the restoration process is a labor program that we got from the bible so that's something we've been accused of before of like coming up with our own process but this isn't our restoration program we call it the restoration oh, nice. process 
because it is the restoration process from the Bible. What we're teaching and the assignments we give to people are things that the Bible teaches. So I think Pastor Tater has a clear idea of, I think it's great how he was able to connect laborers to what we're doing in restoration, because a lot of what we're doing in restoration doesn't explicitly teach the laborer stuff, but it does address the issues that the laborers address. So it's essentially a laborer's program. That's amazing. Yeah, he's, he is, I think he's brilliant. Yeah. Thank you again, Pastor Tater, as always, for your input and your call. And man, I feel like the more that he calls, the more that we learn. Oh, for sure. So I, I, I'm loving it. I love the journey we're on. Yeah. Great. So we've covered the strict side, Pastor Joel. So let's talk about the other side of the argument with the loose perspective. Great. So the loose side is going to, again, be people who are trying to avoid tension, avoid discomfort, avoid anything that doesn't feel great. Right. So I'm not, you know, these people are like, well, I don't want to be blamed for anything. We're all laborers. You know what? I become a laborer upon salvation because Jesus does all the work through us. Mm. This goes back to the sanctification episode now just a few episodes ago where it's like we're righteous through Christ. He does it unilaterally in me. It's no responsibility. Yeah. His responsibility. There's no work I do. Hmm. So really there's nothing within me that can do any good in this area for other people. So we would blame this distressed and scattered on God, maybe not directly, but through implication. Hmm. This again, the depression episode on the Malk podcast side, I told a story about a pastor I had an interaction with, and he blamed his own depression on sin. And basically said, there's nothing I can do about it. We are just doomed because of the sin in the world, which through implication is really blaming God that he has depression. So that's really this loose side is we're all laborers because we're Christians. Jesus does the work through me. If I do something other than what Jesus is doing through me, I can't do any harm because I have good intentions. I have Mm. a good heart. I'm just doing the best I can. I'm helping these people the best I can. So how have people been hurt by this perspective? Well, they've been hurt because in the church, we don't have laborers. And the people who think they are tend to be people who put all the responsibility on God to help people in the ways that Jesus said people need help. So really due to this rationalization, there is no agreement in the church and people are dealing with huge mental health issues, depression, addiction, bipolar, like, big, big issues that are really debilitating. Hmm. Especially pastors. Yeah. And let me <laughs> say this. I just want to be clear here. I may, I'm yeah. making a lot of absolute statements. And when I say the church, when I say there is no agreement in the church, when there is no laborers, what I mean is from what I've seen, from what I've experienced, from what I've heard, these are pandemic level issues in the church nice 
So I want to make sure I'm being clear. I'm not saying every church that exists is doomed and not doing God's will. But from what I've seen, the reason we're doing these episodes, the reason that these topics need to be talked about is because of how often and how many and how deeply damaged people are being in the church. It's too much. It is. It's too much. It's a problem. There's too much depression and addiction within the church that ought not to have those things at all. Right. Okay. So how would you handle an interaction, Pastor Joel, with someone who held that loose perspective? I'd ask them a question. If Jesus does all the work, then you don't ever try to help anybody, right? Oh, that's it. I mean, I could walk away after that. Yeah. And if it is for their benefit, I don't even need to, I don't need to hear an answer. The question in of itself is a benefit to these people. Hmm. Or here's another version of a sim- of that same question. When you need help, you don't ask anybody, right? You only rely on God to help you for those things. So that's another way of wow. really helping these people see there is um, contradictions in, in their beliefs when they say Jesus does all the help and then they try to help somebody in this area. They're contradicting themselves. And really the, the issue is then this person can't complain about anyone hurting them. Especially when that person tried helping them and it hurt them in, in, on accident. If you hurt me, even though you are trying to help me and I'm one of these people on the loose side, yeah. I can't complain about it. I can only justly say, well, his intentions were good. I know he has a good heart. Okay. So you got to go back to there. You got to basically treat everyone that same way that you want. That you, the benefit that you, that you want everyone to give to you about judging your intentions, you are saying you you have to do that with everyone else. Right. You need to basically give that a, be totally fine that they were trying to do the, the right thing and the good thing. And that's enough. You can't be upset complain at all right okay so those are that's the strict perspective and that's the loose perspective pastor joel yeah so when this topic is being talked about in the church or when this when when you see this going on in the church what are your thoughts i get frustrated because this is an area that i think is one of our biggest responsibilities as humans and how we help people. Yeah. What we're responsible for. Mm-hmm. There tends to be three categories of people. And as uh, as I see this topic or damage of laborers in the church. One, there's the people that I feel sorry for. These are people in the church who walk around depressed, walk around isolated. Yet they rationalize this as if it's god's plan for them like it's something they they're just have to live with there's people that i understand why they do what they do these are people who've left the church a lot of the times the people in this category are people who've left the church for good reason they left because they're depressed and isolated and realize that maybe it's because of the church that they're depressed and isolated 
So then realize that not only does the church not have the answers, they're making it worse. Mm. Then there's the people I'm impressed with. These are people who recognize it is our, as human beings, our responsibility and as believers to help other believers with their thought process and help them to be more connected with other believers. These people I'm impressed with get help when they need it and they give help when they can. <laughs> oh, that seems so very, very rare. <laughs> I know. I want to see that more. I know. Me too. Okay. I'm chomping at the bit. This is my second favorite part of, of our episodes when I get to hear the ultimate answer. My first favorite part is yelling, what the flock? Yeah. <laughs> but my second favorite part is here. No, honestly, this is my favorite part. I'm chomping at the bit. What is the ultimate answer, Pastor Joel? Let's go. All right. A laborer is someone who restores people mentally and emotionally. So let's break this down. Okay. The word labor means one who toils with works of words as a teacher. So one of the things I want to pull out of that is toil. That word toil means to work extremely hard and incessantly, nice. quantitatively and qualitatively, meaning this, there's a lot of work and it's hard work. Mm, mm. Pastor Tater made this point. Consistent work and everyday work. Being saved doesn't stop this work from needing happen we need this work in our lives all the time so god and jesus are unable to miraculously heal a person's thought process or miraculously cause people to be in unity god is responsible for restoring a person spiritually and physically and notice this is actually helping people avoid a negative. Saved, spiritual restoration. Saved, I'm not going to hell. Mm. Avoidance of a detriment. Mm. Healed, I no longer have a disease. I no longer have a sickness. Oh, Restored physically, right? Yeah. And Jesus did those things. He taught in all the synagogues. These people were believers. And then he healed every sickness, every disease. These people were restored spiritually and physically, but they were in the whole mentally and emotionally. That's what the stress and scattered showed us. Yeah. Jesus couldn't heal those things unilaterally or miraculously. So we, or laborers, are responsible for restoring ourselves and others mentally and emotionally, which is what Pastor Tater said the restoration process did for him. And notice this is a benefit. It is a benefit to be uplifted in my thought process, to be happy. And it is a benefit for me to be unified with other believers, to be in an amazing unified community. Those wow. are benefits. Yeah. So laborers help a person be restored mentally and emotionally. It's great. So God saves me. God heals me. Both remove sickness, right? Yeah, they get rid of a detriment. Yeah. Yeah. Laborers, though, unify me. Laborers build up my thought process. They both bring healthy happiness. So really, all of the benefits of Christianity come from the mental and emotional parts. 
laborers really are the key to helping us have long-term healthy happiness and to have these long-term benefits of Christianity. So in other words, God is saying and lining out here for us, the idea that what I said earlier, happiness is a choice. It's up to you. Mm. God isn't unilaterally going to make you happy. Why? He really doesn't have the ability to. It's our choice to be able to take what these laborers are meant to do, apply it to ourselves and apply it to others to be restored mentally and emotionally. Now, let me say this. We ought to invite God into that process. Laborers ought to take direction from God when they are helping themselves, but it is our responsibility. That's why people are depressed and addicted and scattered and disunified is because we're putting all of the responsibility on God to make those things happen. Mm. And God's like, have you read my word? Do you understand my word? I've shown you that's your responsibility. I'll help you. I'll come alongside you. I'll give you the words and the truth you need to build each other up and to become unified, but it's your responsibility to do it. So, so his God, responsibility, his responsibility means that he is going, he will make that happen. We just accept it. If I believe, if I believe in Jesus, like, you know, and, and his healing, if he was walking around and I believed that he could heal me, I would be, saved from that sickness yeah if i believe in god what jesus did for me now i am saved spiritually you know uh eternally yeah so god being responsible to restore believers spiritually and physically means he does the work that causes that restoration It's his work that causes salvation. It's his work that causes these sicknesses to be healed. Humans being responsible, believers being responsible for our mental and emotional restoration means that we do the work that causes people's thought process to increase and that causes people to be unified in their community. We do that work. God, Jesus, does not do that work. They can come alongside us, and we ought to invite them in that process. But we being responsible for mental and emotional restoration means we do the work that causes that restoration. So, boy, I feel like this is this episode's going to start to get us in trouble. <laughs> yeah, it might. <laughs> because yep. we are. We're saying there are things that... God can't, God can't do. do. How many people God God can't? So I. So, so even if I so so it. if I were to get on my knees and ask God, this is my choice to ask Him to heal me of my depression, to heal me in my thought process, in the way that I'm thinking. He, why can't He just do that? It'd be unjust because our free will is at stake in these. And he already, and he already, and I would say he already has done everything he can. He created us in a way to give us this built in alarm system for when we have a contradiction. It's called depression. Mm. And here's why it would be unjust. Because, Pastor Jonathan, 
If I took your depression away, it would be enabling you to still live with the contradictions in your life that are causing those, those issues. So you're saying God would be actually hurting me? He would be hurting you if he miraculously took your depression away. Because he's taking away the responsibility that I have to get the help that I need. Right. To get the direction that I need. And it would just, if he just took it away, it would cause me to do it again and again and again and again. And it would be God's fault. And we used in the depression episode, we talked about the check engine light. Yep. And it would be literally like praying for God to, to take the check engine light out of my car. And God would be like, I can't because you'll never know when there's something wrong with your engine. <laughs> and that would be unjust. Really, mm. it would be like, it's like God saying, God's response to that prayer is going to be like this. Jonathan, I love you too much to take that depression away. Mm. Because I'm a good father, you have that depression. This is one of the ways I'm caring for you. I have a built-in alarm system within your thought process that shows you when you're off the path, that shows you when you're double-minded. So it's your responsibility to get the help you need to remove the cause of that depression. That's really what what would be happening there. And it would be the same thing with unity. Lord, bring unity to my family. And I feel like these, these prayers are happening a lot. Yeah. We bring unity them. to my church, bring unity to my family. Look, Jehovah will, Jehovah will listen to these prayers, but I feel like God's response is, I've wanted these things before you. I'm giving you everything you need to have these things. Yep. Absolutely. You need to do it. Do the work toil pastor jonathan right that's why it's so important we understand his word we understand this doctrine we understand how he created us so we can intentionally fix these things we pass the buck off to god way too often Hmm. this all goes back to again listen to the god's nature series because people are putting god in this on this um flawed in this flawed box of sovereignty and omnipotence that he can do anything. And, and it, he just he's not limited not, by anything. Yeah. yeah. It's our responsibility to restore ourselves and others mentally and emotionally. God takes care of the physical and the spiritual. Nice. Any more to say? If you need help, please reach out to us. If you don't have anybody else, everyone should have a laborer. And yeah, if you don't, if you don't have one, we will, we will either do it for you or help uh, find you one. Who's your thought process mechanic? That's what we've called it in the past. Who's the person you bring your car to your quote unquote thought process car. Nice. To look under the hood. Wow. Well, this has been amazing, Pastor Joel. Yeah. Honestly, like this topic of laborers is super important. Yes, it is. Yeah. So thank you. Hey, everyone. This has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.